Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're talking with India Richards, Vaccine Navigation Coordinator and part of Fairfax County's High Risk Communities Task Force, which is part of the county's COVID-19 response efforts. Now, the Vaccine Navigation Team is a group of public health workers who go into communities all day, every day, to connect people with the information they need to make their vaccine decisions. So, India, thanks for being here with us today on the County Conversation Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jen. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to the conversation. And we were chatting for a moment before we started rolling, and I said, timely topic today. And of course, it could have been timely for the last couple of years, but even more timely now, I guess, with the Omicron surgeons, if you will. Most definitely. Let's set the stage. When we talk about vaccine navigator, what does that mean? So a vaccine navigator is a community health worker. So they are very representative of the community that they serve. There are multiple linguistic capabilities with the vaccine navigation team. And so what they do is they work with neighborhood and community services, community developers, and the outreach specialist at the health department to identify areas that would benefit from either a vaccine equity clinic or vaccine navigation services. So if we determine that vaccine navigation is needed because of low vaccine rates, mistrust, or hesitancy in the community, the navigators will go out to that area and they will work on resolving ambivalence and utilizing motivational interviewing to connect people to vaccine opportunities near them. Okay. So that's an important part of this whole process, right? Finding the the air quote, right people to go into the right community. Yes, yes. So like I said, they're very representative of the community. Um, We have, um, as far as linguistic capabilities, Spanish speakers, Arabic, Urdu, um, Vietnamese. We have people that speak Bengali, Hindi. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a lot of linguistic capabilities on the team, you know, and for us, it's really important about meeting people where they are and just breaking down Mm -hmm. as many barriers as possible. How do you how do you know before you go? Mm-hmm. So we work with the um, epi team or the epidemiologist at mm-hmm. the health department, okay. um, and so it is very much a data informed decision. Um, they are able to develop high re- or target reports, these high value target reports, and so we utilize those to see where there are low vaccination rates in the community, and then just where people that uh, tend to congregate in the community. So sometimes, you know, we go to shopping plazas. Um, We do have relationships with houses of worship and community leaders. So some of it, uh, a lot of it is evidence-based or, you know, research and fact-based, but then some of it also is anecdotal and just like what we're seeing in the community. So we really do rely on community members as well as the outreach team to get our job done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any um, population group, area of the county, et cetera, that's really low with vaccines that you're maybe targeting more than another part of the county? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. We actually have a team called the African Diaspora. So when we developed the vaccine navigation team, um, we separated them according to human service regions. Okay, so region one serves uh, Richmond Highway or Route 1 corridor. Uh, Region two is more like Bailey's, um, Bailey's Crossroads, Falls Church, Lincolnia, that area, Annandale. 
And then region three and four, one of our supervisors is over. And then the fourth team is the African diaspora team. So that team is made up of African-American and African immigrant community health workers or vaccine navigators. And they specifically target and provide outreach to the African, African-American black community. And we just really were strategic in this because initially, you know, we were seeing lower rates in the black community. Mm -hmm. Um, This team had a more robust and in-depth training just to be able to combat the mistrust that we were going to face and going out into the community. And the training was actually done um, at a black barbershop in Centerville. So so it was really awesome. It was very interactive. Um, The shop owner, you know, he was very gracious and just open to us being there. His clients interacted with us a great bit. There was a lot of role playing going on. But I say that when we do go into the black community, it's very important that we not call it vaccine hesitancy. It's vaccine mistrust. Mm. And we use mistrust because that is public health. That is the government taking ownership of the harm that has been done to the black community over the years. You know, just um, for example, like the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, you know, and things like that. So we want to acknowledge the harm that has been done and then work on repairing that relationship and building trust and showing that we're not just here to parachute in, fix the problem and leave. Right. We are here to um, assist and appeal to the whole individual. So let's have the conversation about vaccine mistrust. Let's, you know, resolve that ambivalence, you know, like what does it really boil down to? And let's work on getting you connected to vaccine. And if you're not ready for that, that's fine. But our navigators aren't there to judge. They are there to provide unbiased, non-judgmental information and just really see if we can break down those barriers and establish that trust. Um, And it doesn't always happen on the first try. You know, it may be three or four or five tries and that's okay. But we want people to know we're here for the long run. We're not just parachuting in and leaving once it's all fixed, if you will. Um, but just we're really trying to sustain a healthy, positive, trusting relationship with community members. Right. I want to pick – well, I mean, several things that you mentioned mm-hmm. there I want to pick up on. But yeah. one of them that you said was the vaccine navigator is not there to – I may be paraphrasing, I sure. think – to ensure that the person gets vaccinated. Um, so what is the, the role of the vaccine navigator mm-hmm. then, if you will, if the job is not to yeah. make sure you get jabbed? So ultimately, it does boil down to shots in arms, right? Like we want the community to be vaccinated. Yes. However, we understand that with some populations, things take time. You know, Um, the harm and the mistrust wasn't done overnight. So the solution is it going to come overnight. And that's why it's just really important to be consistent and show that, like, we are here to support Um, Oftentimes, if people aren't ready to have that conversation, we leave them with our business card or ask for permission to reach back out to them in a few weeks to see if we can start up that conversation again. Right. Um, I will say that our efforts have um, worked very well and 80 percent of the black community in Fairfax County is vaccinated. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask about success rates. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then, you know, we at the beginning of the pandemic, um, focused a lot on our Hispanic population. Mm. And our Hispanic population actually has the highest vaccination rate in Fairfax County. Wow. Yeah. Off the top of your head, you know what that rate is? I do not know the top off the top of my head. But it's higher than 80. (laughs) It is higher than 80. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. 
another thing you you mentioned, you touched on early on, you touched on the human service regions, and there's mm-hmm. four. Yes, there are four regions. human service okay. regions. I don't think our listeners um, or residents in general perhaps really understand the human mm-hmm. regions and there's human service regions right. and there's four of them. Are you able to talk about sure. that a little bit? So there are four human service regions um, in Fairfax County. Uh, region one is the Richmond Highway mm-hmm. um, Route 1 corridor. And then region two would be like Annandale, um, Bailey's Crossroads, Vaults Church. Um, region three is going to be um, Fairfax County. And then Region 4 is like Centerville and Chantilly in that area. However, we've grouped Regions 3 and 4 together, and we call that Western Fairfax. So we have a supervisor over Richmond 1 or um, Human Service Region 1. We have a supervisor over Human Service Region 2, and then someone over Western Fairfax. And then we have our African diaspora team that just goes everywhere. Um, A great deal of their work is focused in Richmond Highway. However, um, the black population in Fairfax, there isn't just a particular pocket. So they do go everywhere they are needed in the county. Okay. All right. It's kind of one of those maybe governmental terms that we we talk about, you know, human service regions Mm -hmm. or whatever. Just want to make sure we had a chance to kind of, as best we could, kind of explain that for the listeners and perhaps what it what it means to them. Yeah, give uh, someone the visual. For getting services, yeah. Um, let's get back to the navigation team, if you will, the vaccine navigation team. I asked you a minute ago, you know, kind of the purpose, um, kind of a more broad question, if mm-hmm. you will. Let's talk the R's, the roles okay. and responsibilities of okay. the team. Sure. So just a day in the life of a vaccine navigator, um, they have a lot of different roles and responsibilities. Ultimately, while it is connecting people to vaccine by resolving ambivalence, a lot of that looks like parking lot food distributions. So um, getting to these food distributions at these CBOs or um, non-community-based organizations or nonprofit organizations while the cars are still lining up before the actual food distribution begins and um, talking to people while they're waiting in the queue about vaccine. If there is an upcoming clinic in that area, then they have their iPads and they're out there registering people who are waiting in their cars for that upcoming clinic. Um, We also have formal partnerships with a lot of community-based organizations in the area. So at times they spend a day or two out of the week having a tabled presence or having a table in the lobby or a highly trafficked area of these community-based organizations. And the reasons we develop these relationships with community-based organizations is because they are already a trusted partner in the community. So when we're there, the patrons see us as an extension of them. So that really does. Yes. Um, So there's that. In addition to that, um, we do work with places of worship. Um, So there are a lot of churches in the area, mosques that are interested in holding vaccine equity clinics. So we may go and support that and assist with translation services and then connecting people to their next dose appointment or managing their expectations regarding side effects of the vaccine and how they may be feeling. Right. Okay. We're on the County Conversation podcast and we're talking with India Richards, Vaccine Navigation Coordinator part of Fairfax County's High-Risk Communities Task Force and part of, obviously, the county's COVID-19 response. And we're talking about the Vaccine Navigator Program, the day in the life, the roles and responsibilities, the vaccine hesitancy or 
uh, mistrust. mistrust, if you will. Okay. Um, but let's transition now, if we can, to success stories. Is there anything you can tell us about how well you have done or well the team has done a particular success story? Yes. So right before leaving the office, I did look at our most current data. And I will say since June 21st, the navigators have been able to connect with almost 26,000 residents in Fairfax County. And so what that looks like is either door-to-door flyer distribution or engaging with them at community days. Uh, we do. We did a lot of like trunk or treat. We did a lot of like turkey drives and right. food giveaways and winter coat drives and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, we've made 26, almost 26,000 connections. Um, so that is awesome. And I think that speaks a lot about just how boots on the ground oriented the vaccine navigators are. And we have supported um, almost 600 community events, um, just supporting the outreach team and the neighborhood and community services, community developers. So our team is really, really busy out there in the streets, just trying to resolve hesitancy and mistrust. Right. Mm-hmm. But since you are out in the community, or that's part of the goal yes. of doing that is being out in the community, how has the actual pandemic affected your ability and your team's ability to be in the, in the community mm-hmm. and do its job? You know, honestly, our team has been able to stay very healthy up until uh, recently with just the surge in Omicron and just how highly contagious it was. There were a few weeks, um, you know, a while back or just recently in which a lot of events just were canceled. Um, You know, we had that inclement weather, which shut things down for like a week almost. So um, there were quite a few events that were canceled because of that. And there have been a few events. places that just because their staff has been sick or um, they're just afraid of just spreading and, you know, the highly contagious Omicron variant that they have asked that we not come. So a lot of our work is actually done outdoors for short periods of time. And we do try to be mindful and have people working like when the sun is up, definitely (laughs) for just cold weather precautions as well as safety. Um, So we're just honestly, we're flexible. We roll with the punches. We know that this is an emergency response. And if we've learned anything, it is to be flexible and just to adapt at this point. Right. And and virtual stuff is... Uh, I'm assuming part of your overall. We do. We have had some um, like virtual, so Zoom or like team sessions in which we will help the outreach specialist um, answer questions, you know, regarding COVID-19 and connecting them. Um, But for the most part, our work has actually been in the community. Okay. It has been in the community. All right. Well, cool. So the the virtuals are maybe not as successful or people... Are they craving that face-to-face human contact or just a combination mm-hmm. of factors? For the populations that we serve, there is a big emphasis on meeting people where they are. Mm. And so if meeting people where they are is their place of employment, so we're doing plaza outreach, or if we are in a community knocking on doors, telling people about vaccine, it's really important for us to meet people where they are. So, of course, I have we can have meetings, you know, all day long with my team virtually. But when it comes to doing the actual work, we are out there, boots on right, the ground. Right. Um, it reminds me of the, the old phrase, grassroots marketing. Yes. You know, you're, you're out there, like you said, boots on the ground, mm-hmm. grassroots, whatever you want to call it. You're in the community, with the community, and as you said, meeting people where they are, whether that be a church service uh, or a house of worship service. Yes. Uh, you know, community meeting, whatever it is, Girl Scout meeting, Boy Scout meeting, those type We're of there. things. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. there. 
um, which circling back around to the multicultural aspect, um, if you're meeting people where they are, and Fairfax County, I believe, has over 100 languages yes. spoken, that is a lot of languages that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say you have to learn or your team has to learn, but, uh, you know, uh, finding people that speak those languages to be able to help. How, how do you work that process? So our team, just the linguistic capabilities of our team is so dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, to date, there hasn't been an issue with us being able to. Um, yeah, oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so there hasn't been any issue with us being able to communicate effectively with residents in um, Fairfax County. That's good. Yes. All right. Um, I would like to highlight one thing of us meeting people where we are is um, just that extension with CBOs and nonprofit organizations. Um, we are able to go out in the community with MCCP, the Medical Care for Children Partnership Foundation. Okay. So they provide medical and dental services to kids in Fairfax County. Um, they have like a dental van. And hmm. so during the warmer months, we were actually going out with them a lot, especially in the Annandale Falls Church area where they have a high presence. And we would um, they would bring maseca and oil to the Hispanic community, hmm. and we would go out there. And while they were distributing the maseca and oil and answering questions that they could, we would be able to connect with their clients or people that came to speak with them and connect them to the vaccine. Okay. So that was a really awesome partnership and speaks on the multiculturalism aspect and then meeting people where they are. Not a question I had prepared to ask you, but it just kind of popped in my mind. As I drove into the um, government center today, which is where I work, mm -hmm. uh, big, huge tent out in the parking lot, COVID-19 testing. Yes. Um, how are you and your team tied in, if, if at all, with the testing sites around the county? So there has been a surge in or there have been efforts in Fairfax County to provide more testing sites due to the need and the surge in the Omicron variant. And while our team is not directly involved in the planning process, we do have a lot of questions from community members about testing opportunities. And so we are able to connect them to these testing sites. Not only that, but just um, before I left the office, I was talking to one of the vaccine navigators and telling her that I was getting ready to have this conversation with you. And she informed me that just yesterday she helped um, get four or five people at the Springfield Town Center signed up to receive their at-home COVID test in the mail through USPS because they weren't able to do that on their own. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, you know, while we aren't directly involved in the planning process of the testing clinics, uh, we are able to connect people to those services. Right. Another success story to it add is. to your yep. list. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting close to the end of our time, and I want to make sure we get out the uh, resource information. So if anyone listening right now has questions, sure. is there a website, an email address, a telephone number? How can folks reach out Certainly. and touch? Certainly. So Fairfax County Health Department does have a COVID-19 call center. So any questions that you have pertaining to COVID-19, you can call 703-267-3511. And they are opened Monday through Fridays from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then on the weekends from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. So and then in addition to that, um, as the vaccine navigation coordinator, um, if you are an organization or just it could be a commercial residential property, um, religious 
group, anything like that, and interested in vaccine navigation services, or you think we may be useful to you, you can always send me an email and I will be more than happy to coordinate and get that set up. Uh, my email address is india.richards, and that is I-N-D-I-A dot R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S at fairfaxcounty.gov. Okay. And of course, uh, uh, you know, more broadly, fairfaxcounty.gov and uh, folks can search for the health department or COVID-19 and, and yes. hopefully get around to some of these resources. But um, you know, maybe best just to call that telephone number or just reach out to you if you have specific questions or want more information, that type of thing. Certainly. If you have specific um, questions, if I cannot answer them for you directly, I can certainly get you in touch with the right person who can. And then the Fairfax County Health Department's website has uh, just really, really yeah. awesome information right. on COVID-19 as well as other services that they do provide. So right. always check that out. And it is available in multiple languages. Okay, good point. And hopefully your email inbox doesn't get overwhelmed with... <laughs> I'm pretty on top of my email. Okay, so. <laughs> all right. Challenge. There you go, folks. Load her down with some emails. Yep. Uh, let me just repeat those again. Your email, if folks uh, want to reach out, india.richards at fairfaxcounty.gov uh, or the health department uh, call center with uh, vaccine-related questions, 703-267-3511. That's Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., or on the weekends, 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. As we're wrapping up, India, any final thought about the uh, Vaccine Navigator program or anything uh, our listeners uh, uh, you want to share with them right now before we wrap up? You know, I think it, right now it is just really, really important that you get out there and you get vaccinated. You know, um, just do it for yourself, do it for the community, and do it for your family. Right. Good word, stand by. Thank you. Welcome, India. Thanks for being with us on the County Conversation. Thanks to you for listening and uh, joining us for this uh, podcast. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news, or you can call weekdays uh, between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.